Welcome, you're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode, we'll focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod or send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's Gang at patreon.com slash mouse madness. Um, Kyle, it's March. It yeah. is it is the month of madness, and we uh, are are dipping back our, our ladle into the giant soup bowl that is Disney music. Um, but in addition to that, we tripled up on brackets this <laughs> month, and we went ahead and dropped a special Patreon only bracket over on Jerry's Gang, where we broke down the D twenty three official March Hare Mania bracket that broke down all of the best parks icons in uh, the worldwide Disney parks universe. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And we did it off the cuff too. no background research. We just <laughs> no notes. No notes. We just went in, went in cold and found our, you know, best original uh, parks character. So if you want to listen to that discussion, it's a, it's a quick 40 minute listen. Uh, become a member of Jerry's gang. We are going to start planning the next Disney trivia night for for spring. So get in while you can so that you can be a part of that. A ton of fun over those nights. And you get all these bonus episodes two every month. So get over there and join uh, Jerry's gang. It's a great, great group of people over there. But yes, we're diving back into music for this March Madness uh, first bracket. And I'm really excited because it is the best Disney movie playlist. Now, what the hell does that mean? Uh, This Mm -hmm. came out of a conversation between Chris and I because we wanted to talk about like the best Disney song soundtrack from a film. But soundtrack by definition is the songs as well as the score put together. And the score is just the background music and score, but not the song. So we're like, what do you call like an album that is just the songs and from a from a film? So we're just going to call it a playlist. So these are songs that are sung by people in the film, whether they're characters, narrators, um, background vocalists. They are the songs that we know and love. And we are going to debate them by movie. So each movie soundtrack, 16 of them. And to help us break this down is returning guest host, Elizabeth Staub. Staub, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me back. Very excited to be here. Yeah. It's this is your first song bracket, yeah, because you were with us for for decoms. <laughs> the decoms yes, and Disney is, Channel games. <laughs> <laughs> the Disney Channel games. Yeah, I like I said to you, I don't have any musical talent or knowledge or anything, but I do know all of these movies and these soundtracks, so I'm very excited about it. Yeah, and that's the best because we kind of, I feel like the song brackets always end up with just personal bias moves. Every song bracket that we've had, because Chris and I, we're not musical geniuses. We, we just know the songs that we love. And oftentimes the guest host might have some sort of musical background. But now this is just going to be a be- bracket of bias. Yep. And I'm very, very yep. I'm Socks is going to hate it. I can tell already. <laughs> takes will be had. Takes will definitely be had. And in order to wash down those takes, Chris, we got to talk a little spoonful of sugar. What you drinking over there? 
last episode. He called it, baby. It came out last week. <laughs> we recorded probably three weeks ago, and I manifested it. Yep. I said baseball would be back, and baseball, it back. Yep. And with baseball being back, uh, I had to make a very quick trip to... Scottsdale, Arizona. So here I am uh, <laughs> podcasting from the desert. Um, and I, I don't have access to my liquor cabinet or my own refrigerator. But what I do have access to is a rental car. Oh. So after practice today, I hopped in the Nissan Kicks and I drove <laughs> up Camelback to the closest Safeway and I went over to the beer fridge and I checked out what they got. And I got to tell you, oh, I found a maybe. The dopest beer I can think of, okay? This is an Arizona beer from Grand Canyon Brewing Company. Okay. It's called the, it's called the Kachina Throwback Ale, oh, and it's got the baby. Phoenix Coyotes Kachina yep. with a little like jersey trim along yep. the lid and some little cactuses on the bottom, and it is like the dopest can of beer I've maybe seen in my entire life. Phenomenal um, can. It's it's an ale. I don't know like what kind of ale, but I'm going to try it out and hopefully it tastes as good as it looks. This is this is like I'm going to probably buy a six pack of this when I come back for my second lap in spring training. Go ahead and buy two and is, bring another one home for your boy over here because I'm going to so need a sip. Bomb. <laughs> it's so it's like that perfect um like light ale that I like, you know, I don't like that super bittery kind of uh, taste when you drink a beer. Like this is a great beer you drink at a game, but it's, it's a little bit more that like hoppy than a, like a Coors Light or something, but, but not enough that you're like, Oh, I'm, I have a mustache and I'm drinking a sophisticated <laughs> beer at this event, this sporting event, go sports. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I'm loving this selection. This is just awesome. What what's do you got, the, Kyle? What's, what's the percentage on that bad boy? It's 12 ounces. I know that. Um, as far as percentage, like, is it like legally? Oh, 4.9%. Uh, maybe oh. that's why it's, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why it's not super strong. And bitter, but <laughs> hey, all right. that's it's a, good. that's a great, um, spoonful for the pod though. Start out with a, a nice four percenter. And you know what? I'm joining you on that 4% okay. journey. Okay. I have a new beer on the pod. Uh, I was in Santa Barbara this past weekend celebrating a friend's birthday. And while I was there, I did a little past Kyle Brewery tour and went to some of my favorite spots. And while I was there, I went to this brewery called M Special. I don't know, if Chris, if you've ever visited M Special in Santa Barbara, but they were located in Goleta my last few years in college. And then they've expanded. And now they have a tap room downtown. And in true college fashion, I had to grab a six pack of the beer that is called Sabado Tarde, which is hey. a street in Isla Vista where Chris and I lived when we were going to college. And this is the Sabado Tarde special. And it is a tangerine ale. So, Chris, Ooh. I feel like you might enjoy I'm this. Sure, I'm a sure lot. I would. Yeah. Um, it's sweet. Uh, it's light. It's crisp. It's a nice summer drinking beer. And it's a 4.7%. 4. Uh, beer and i'm i'm digging it it feels like summer is here in the bay area i got the the sun in my eyes if i open these blinds up so this is just the start of start of a great spring for the podcast uh stop what you got 
It does not feel like summer here in New England. I'll just tell you that. Um, (laughs) It was like 58 degrees or it's supposed to be like 58 degrees tomorrow, but that's not even close. No, thanks. I honestly, I forgot about Spoonful of Sugar, so (laughs) I have some water. Um, But a shameless plug for the company I work for has recently partnered with the Boston Beer Company to release a hard Mountain Dew. Um, so I'm very excited to try that once I get my hands on it. Um, yeah, go ahead and uh, let us know where we can get those and we'll, we'll have to rock one of those as a spoonful one of these days. Yeah, we'll, we'll get some sent out at some point. I'm sure. Hard Mountain Dew. I, on a side, like my go-to pregame beverage in college was tequila and Mountain Dew. It like, like- it, 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 it got me just ultra hyper. <laughs> um, and me and Scotty P would, would pregame with some super smash bros on the Wii. Oh, and, yeah. and I would, I would, <laughs> I would put a tequila and Mountain Dew in a, in like a protein shake blender bottle and just like <laughs> sip it while we're playing some video games. So I, I, I feel like I would definitely get, get into some hard Mountain Dews. Sounds yeah. Great. I feel like what you're describing is like a street <laughs> or loco or something. <laughs> But unfortunately, Hard Mountain Dew does not have any caffeine because we don't want anyone to. You don't want a four loco effect. That's great because guess what? I'm eight days without caffeine as of of right now. Whoa. Look at you. Yeah. Who who am I? Yeah. Who (laughs) Who are you? All right. We got our spoonful of sugar in hand and let's go ahead and start talking about this bracket. So in order to get these 16 movie playlists, we had to obviously survey demographics. So we sent the interns back into the park, back into Disneyland, California, and they surveyed folks who were visiting Toontown in Disneyland on its final day. Just last week, Toontown closed for a while because they are going to be renovating that area, making it a, a larger green space, accommodating for the new attraction, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. And from all accounts, it looked like it was a very, very packed day. Uh, I unfortunately didn't get to go say goodbye on my last trip because we were too busy doing everything else. Uh, but you know, farewell, Toontown. We will we'll see your new incarnation in a year or so. Who knows? Who knows with how hmm. Disney builds? But they got asked yeah. uh, what their favorite movie playlist is, and we got sixteen. But of course, not all of these Disney movies fit into that sixteen bracket. So if you miss the dance, Chris. What are some for you? A lot. I got a lot. Obviously, okay. like I'm very partial to Newsies. Um, of sad that that one's not on here. I I, I think that that um, song list is is very strong, very very strong. Mm, also, you know, Frozen Two is not on here. Right. Um, and I, I praised Frozen Two when it came out, and and still do for its ability to put songs throughout the movie where where they're not all like radio bops. They get a little bit emotional at times. And and I really appreciate that about this soundtrack, which unfortunately kind of like lost its steam uh, when the pandemic hit Uh, that movie was still in theaters. And I remember frozen two to Disney plus being like the, one of the first things that was like, Ooh, Whoa, this is weird. We're getting a new movie on streaming. (laughs) So I I feel like frozen two and, and especially the soundtrack never really got the love that it should have. Uh, Kyle, what about you? Yeah. And I'll, I'll go ahead and clarify that Disney playlist. It's encompassing of 
basically everything. We let we let the floodgates open. So it's Pixar, it's live action, it's animated, it's whatever. Um, we let the people decide. And for me, one of them is a very new one. It is the the playlist from Turning Red. Uh, the songs performed wow. by Four Town, fantastic. I loved oh, those wow. songs. Uh, hmm. Not to to dive too far into what is soon to be a Turning Red review, uh, but it just tickled my 2000 brain nostalgia just just a little bit with those boy band uh, soundtracks. And then Toy Story. Toy Story has some great songs. You got a friend in me. Fly no more. It's it's. You don't really think about it as a musical, right? Because a lot of these Pixar movies aren't. But Randy Newman comes in hot on Toy Story. And then do you, you, think, do you mean I will go sailing no more? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry, I know <laughs> that's no your, more? that's one of your favorite favorite ones. <laughs> Fly no more sounds like a four town song. Yeah, it yeah it really does. Um, and then even like Toy Story two, when she loved me, of course. Put the entire movie on its back. So uh, those are a couple for me. Stab, what are some for you? Yeah, I think uh, we've talked about, and you guys have talked about this movie doesn't really hold up well, but Aristocats has some bops. Um, They're maybe not politically correct uh, (laughs) in today's world, but they're still good songs. Um, And then one for me is Lion King 2. If you haven't um, listened to some of those songs, loudly in your car you're really missing out <laughs> Lion King 2 has an incredible some inc- incredible tracks so that one those are the two for me I love those and especially that you bring up a sequel because we don't talk too much about these sequels especially some of the direct to at the time VHS sequels so uh yeah the, give that one some love uh, I I know I've heard some of those songs from Lion King 2 but I haven't belted them in my car. So maybe have to give that a try. Chris, go ahead and give it the Bay Bridge test for us and, and let us know how Lion King <laughs> 2 does. I'll give it a shot, I guess. <laughs> I hope it's better than the Beauty and the Beast 2 and Enchanted Christmas uh, song list. And then I know that's going to stir up some emotions in some of our listeners when I say that. But, yeah, Discord's going uh, we'll to <laughs> Discord we'll have something to say about that. Discord will have something to say about that. All right, Chris, we've got everything out of the way. Let's go ahead and dive into this bracket. It is time to announce our field of 16 for the best Disney movie playlist bracket. Cue the dramatic music. Chris, take it away. Coming in at number one, the big Hakuna, the Lion King. Flying in from the clouds at the two seed is the Mary Poppins playlist. Our guest at the number three seed is Beauty and the Beast. From zero to the four seed is Hercules. Opening the door in the five spot is Frozen. Under the sea and sitting at the sixth seed is The Little Mermaid. Strumming its way to the seventh spot is Coco. Nice. (laughs) Nailed it. So good. That was so good. That was so clever. I thought you really loved that movie too. Yeah. It was good. It was good. Introducing the family Madrigal at the eighth seed is Encanto. Will this movie know its way to the championship? Coming in at number nine, it's Moana. Searching for a friend like me at the 10 seed is Aladdin. Filling the 11 spot is Tarzan. Get that? Oh, fail. <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> 
topsy-turvy, and at the 12th seed as Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, hopping into the 13th spot is Princess and the Frog. It's a no-strings-attached situation at the 14th seed with Pinocchio. Barely necessary at the 15 spot oh is the Jungle Book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And making its Mouse Madness debut at the 16 seed is a goofy movie. Chris, Elizabeth, we have 16 fantastic uh, albums, soundtracks, playlists here. What's the matchup for you, Stab, that you're looking forward to breaking down? Um, I think the Coco Aladdin one is a really interesting matchup. Huh? Um, both some jams on on both of those playlists. Um, I think there's some that are sneaky, that are high seeds that are sneaky, not not as strong as you think they are when you're re-listening to all the songs. So I'll, just, I'll just say that. Oh, can't wait. I'm scared. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm really nervous. Uh, Chris, I'll give you the four. Do you want to talk about this 116? Yeah, sure. yeah, I would love to because who is more qualified than me to talk about the number 16 seed, a goofy movie? Um, <laughs> so so uh, to start things off, we've got number one, Lion King versus number 16, a goofy movie. I still haven't seen a goofy movie. Uh, we're still waiting on a, a time when neither Kyle nor I have COVID um, so that we can watch <laughs> a goofy movie together yep. um, and potentially do a live commentary on Patreon, but that's for another day. Um, so all I really have to go off of with a goofy movie is like the the sound the soundtrack, the song list, the playlist. So um it's one I'm familiar with. Like I've I've listened to it many times. This isn't new new for me. Um, it's been on my Disney playlist rotation for a long time, even though I haven't seen the movie, I've heard the music and, and the music's really good. Yeah. Um, for a movie that I haven't seen before, I go to this playlist a lot. Um, and I don't really know why, um, I, other than they're just really fun songs. Um, we're talking about songs like stand out, um, after today, eye to eye that have that really distinct nineties, like, uh, synthy, rocky, poppy sort of sound to them. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter like what mood you're in, where you are, uh, you will find yourself singing along to these like power line style songs. Um, they're really great. And after today has, has a very interesting, uh, effect it, it's almost like a you know a musical sort of opening number and and they never really go back there is, no is the interesting thing like it's this big ensemble like after today and everyone like chimes in with like a little line and then they just drop that idea that like <laughs> this is just a giant like stage show um but i but i love that song um because i am like uh inclined to like uh musical musicals um so i love that that's in there I even uh, I even get a kick out of on the open road. I mean, yeah. I'm not a huge like goofy comedy fan, but um, the song open on the open road is like very catchy, very well written, and um, I don't really know like what it's about or like where in the movie it, it is, but um, it's a good song. So um, I think <clears throat> these this movie playlist is you know, seems super overmatched up against the Lion King, but I think some of the best songs in a goofy movie absolutely can go toe to toe against the Lion King. Totally. Um, 
you know, maybe not everyone is better than the other when you match them up, but there's definitely a conversation to be had. I think kind of the like, what is this moment for me? is the song Nobody Else from a Goofy movie. And yeah. maybe you can help me out with that. I don't really understand it. It's not a very good song. Um, <laughs> it's at the goofy, very end. Very goofy end of the film. singing? I don't know. Yeah, very end of the film. They've had a ton of turmoil on this road trip, cross-country road trip, and they finally start seeing eye to eye. And they okay. are coming back together. They're floating down a river on their car because their car has plummeted into a river and they're singing this together as their as the father and son's relationship is repaired so uh i'm a, I'm a fan of this um i i don't think this is an easy matchup by any means and especially up against the lion king which like you know I, I, I'm on record hundreds of times now saying The Lion King, I, I find very overrated um, in almost every way. Um, and it, we see it as a number one seed and, and a number two seed. Like bracket after bracket, components of The Lion King make their way to the top of these Mouse Madness brackets. Yeah. And I mean, if you ask someone on the street, I think Lion King is seen as the gold standard Disney movie in so many ways. And mm -hmm. the music is definitely a large part of that. Um, it's got really uh, recognizable songs like Hakuna Matata that have, have transcended Disney and, and everyone knows it and knows where it's from. Um, and then you've even got songs that are maybe less memorable or less recognizable, like uh, the villain song Scars, uh, Be Prepared, that you go back and listen to it and you're like, hey, this is a really good song. Like this, Jeremy Irons is like insane on this and um <laughs> the 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 songwriting is is very eloquent and, and wordy and in very creative ways and so um I, I think it definitely earns a high seed on this bracket um even though i i might think it's the movie's kind of overrated on the whole i don't know it earns number one but i get i get why it's number one i think i'm gonna give the win to the lion king in this matchup i think I, I just think there's not a whole lot of slow spots to it. Uh, I, I think I maybe remember there being more songs that there than there actually are. Yeah. I think this still isn't like a musical by any means. It's like a movie with some good music in it, but the music that is in it d just doesn't miss. And like, I'll, I, I kind of like will begrudgingly admit that like, these are all really good songs. And so uh, I have to, I have to give the win to the Lion King. And they're really good songs because they are written by Elton John, right? So they already had some sort of radio play experience behind them. And that's what you see happen. You get Circle of Life that has its version that is just performed by Elton John. And Can You Feel the Love Tonight that is also just performed by Elton John that both make it into the pop charts. And so The Lion King is so big, not only in like Disney film, not only in the film world, but then expands into like you're driving to school and you're listening to the soundtrack as you're getting there on your local radio station because of Elton John. It's not surprising that you haven't seen a Goofy movie. And I know that we're waiting to watch it together. Recently, there's been this like a Goofy movie resurgence. One, because it just turned 25 not too long ago. So like we're all, it's all in our, our childhood wheelhouses. So we're having this we're kind bad. of nostalgia around it. We're rediscovering the soundtrack. And I think people like the soundtrack more than they like the film. The film's good. It's a, it's a cute movie. It's funny. It's, a, it's literally goofy, right? 
But the soundtrack is really good. <laughs> and, and like the song list, Tevin Campbell is just phenomenal with Eye to Eye and Stand Out. And those are the two songs that specifically our generation still play today and have almost rediscovered today. And you see a lot of the Powerline merch re-merging. You don't see a ton of a Goofy Movie stuff. You see a ton of Powerline stuff. And that's because those two songs carry so much weight on this playlist. After today, great like musical number, as you said, uh, and I agree. They then start abandoning it. the The whole like this is going to be a a musical film, but in the order that it's supposed to go in, like it does in the film, it's after it's stand out after today on the open road. So you get after stand out, which is Max performing at his uh, school assembly. Then school gets let out after today and then on the open road is goofy and max starting their road trip so just so that you can kind of see that where on the open road is almost saying goodbye to that musical form because it does sound like a broadway tune of two folks getting ready to go on a trip but then after that you get something like lester's possum park which is literally just a chuck e cheese number in the middle of the film at this place they visit which isn't necessarily something that you love to li- listen to in a playlist. Like, I don't know that I'm going to listen to the Goofy Movie playlist and be like, oh, Lester's Possum Park, that is a non-skip in this house. Like, no, that's going to be an instant skip. Nobody else <laughs> like you, same thing. I, it's cute, but listening to it by itself in a playlist, especially after coming from Tevin Campbell songs. Like, I don't know that I necessarily need to hear another max and goofy song especially because they're not supposed to be like singers (laughs) it's literally their voice actors singing uh while on lion king you have trained singers singing these songs in place of jtt and older simba and nala and it's just much more enjoyable to listen to the one skip on this for me is actually i just can't wait to be king in listening really? through wow. yeah i just i unless i'm like in the parks or it's on like i'm in some sort of disney atmosphere i just don't necessarily want to listen to that song i don't know why uh, it's a it's a song that is a great like karaoke song i think that would be a really fun karaoke song with the zazu parts and the nala parts and stuff but as far as just listening to uh that's kind of a skip Bring me straight to be prepared, please. And I'm going to go ahead and loop that one a couple I think times. I think you're. it's because it's a little kid. I think it's because Simba's a little kid and you, you just don't want to listen to a little kid sing. I think, I think you're a thousand percent <laughs> right. And you're going to hear that same exact thing when we start talking about Mary Poppins. So go ahead and oh, hold that no. nugget in your head. But I'm going to agree with you. Lion King's going to move on past Goofy Movie. I love that Goofy Movie has made it into the Mouse Madness zeitgeist finally. And I hope we talk about it again, whether it's on Patreon or on the main show. But uh, Tevin Campbell, love you, baby. But Lion King's moving on. Stop. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. I think Eye to Eye is probably one of the strongest songs like in the Disney catalog. Ooh. But I think this, the rest of the Goofy movie soundtrack doesn't quite hold up to the no skips on Lion King. Um, so, yeah. All right. Let's move on to this next matchup. It is the number eight Encanto. Versus the number nine Moana. What a this is a eight nine matchup if I've ever seen one as far as like level playing field of songs. 
This is crazy. It's the, it's, it's the Daddy Lynn it's Civil the War. Daddy Lynn, right off the bat, two <laughs> Lynn Manuel movies going up against each other. Moana, I really, really loved that soundtrack. Still do, or that playlist when it first came out. I loved How Far I'll Go, both the the movie version as well as the Alessia Cara version. Miss Jeans on the Beach, Alessia Cara, as she's, <laughs> whatever she was doing in that pop music video. And it just felt like it fit the adventure. Uh, you have some guest appearances by Jermaine Clements for Shiny, which we've talked about fairly recently. Uh, and I like that they allowed for that to happen. Like it, it was a change in atmosphere from what we're used to in the film. We're now underwater as opposed to above. So things get a little weird, a little quirky. And they allowed that song to to do that. As you listen through, you also get a lot of this, you know, native, quote unquote, native chanting songs uh, that aren't really specific to a, to a place because this film isn't supposed to be tied to a specific place. Uh, but it's definitely Pacific Islander in tone and it's beautiful. Um, Where You Go is great. An Ancient Warrior is great. Uh, the very final song of We Know the Way is very powerful and I really enjoy not only how that ends the movie, but ends this playlist. Uh, it's a very uplifting like, wow, this... This was just a very solid, solid playlist for me to listen to. It's up against uh, the newest Disney animated film, which is Encanto, which has taken the world by storm as far as the the playlist goes. And we talked about it on our um, mini episode that we really enjoyed the songs, all except for Surface Pressure, which then the world disagreed with us because people love that song. (laughs) I'm so I mean, I get it. I get why there's a lot of relatability in that song, but it was the it, the donkeys, dude. I just can't get them out of my head when I listen to this song. It's very poppy, you know, like it's like the type of song that you would find on the radio. Like they yeah. just went, they just made a beeline for like a, let's make a song that sounds like it is a song that I don't know. A pop person would make, I can't think of a pop artist right now. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And it, it felt almost out of place for what everything else was doing in that film. And I think that's what was so jarring is that there was a lot of, you know, Latin and hip hop influence and everything. And then you get to surface pressure, which was a complete different song compared to what we had just listened to, especially because we went to family Madrigal and then waiting on a miracle. Which fun fact about Waiting on a Miracle, which I sent into our Discord, is that Stephanie Beatriz was pregnant when she was singing or in labor when she was singing that song, which is incredible. Uh, It makes me like it even more. So I remember when watching the film, the family Madrigal kind of slaps you in the face. Like it's a lot when you're first watching that film. True. And and you're like, what? What is what am I getting myself into? Daddy Lynn, you're doing way too much. (laughs) But in subsequent listens, it's become one of my favorite songs on the entire playlist. I agree. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, Very a, true. it's such a good song. It's so when catchy. you know what she's talking about, too. Sure. Yeah, that definitely helps. But it's also just the performance is very impressive. I like that they don't they didn't get a singing voice for her. It feels very natural and raw and like the character who I, we talked about this on Patreon. Like, you know, she's the average person who sings like the average person and it's nothing super special, but it gets the job done. And that song is very good as, as well as waiting on a miracle. We don't talk about Bruno. Of course 
don't even have to talk about that song because that is that <laughs> we don't is, have to talk to we don't have to talk about talk, we don't have to talk about bruno we really don't uh what else can i do also sneaky banger very good that's a also a really that would be a really good karaoke song what else can i do uh, a duet between a couple of people all of you didn't remember it <laughs> for whatever reason but upon listening to it really like it and then of course we get chris's those Oreguitas. So yeah, which they uh they nominated as their pick for best original song, not realizing that it should have been we don't talk about Bruno. And that's gonna be a really interesting conversation that we start having as song popularity are influenced more by social media than what the the animation studios predict. And they have to predict and submit a song. They're like, well, we paid all this money to get Sebastian Yatra to sing the song and we're going to nominate it. It's going to be the big heartfelt moment. It's going to be the one that makes people fall in love with the film. Nope. It's the ensemble song about this mysterious uncle and everyone is is taking part as a typical musical number. In this matchup, like unfortunately, uh, I think Encanto is just such a stronger playlist. Moana's playlist is really good. Uh, listenable love it always going to listen to it but i think that encanto just has more fun songs and more enjoyable to listen songs so i'm gonna go encanto yeah kyle you you're remembering this patreon review wrong uh i i actually said that the uh the non-musical parts of the movie were some of my favorite disney stuff ever but the musical parts of the movie almost all of them didn't really work for me except for dos Origuitas. um i like i thought we don't talk about bruno was super fun but it it's it that's all it is you know like there's not a whole lot of depth to it and that's really what i look for in a good disney song good disney playlist i like kind of being transported emotionally um and it and that really only happens a couple of times on this playlist and in one of the songs that it does surface pressure it's like i can't listen to it it's like nails on a chalkboard for me you know you you like if anything, I think that the songs in Encanto take away from a really good movie. Uh, like I, I think about Mirabelle and Louisa having a really honest conversation about how difficult it is being uh, a person who has this gift of strength and all of the the pressure that goes along with it. And I just really wish I had that as opposed to yeah you know this very strange music video that it's completely distracting um to what is actually trying to be conveyed in the lyrics of the song um and i mean maybe i'm just like picking apart one small part yeah, of of the I think playlist that, but that's an outlier to me because i think that everything else really plays in and enhances the conversations that are happening but like even like we don't talk about bruno like that's a a, a waste of time other than the fact that it's really fun you know like it's we, we, I got it. I got it. Like Bruno has been like cast out by the family. Like I, I get, I get it, you know? Um, and so you look at songs like Moana where, uh, she sings how far I'll go and you see the transformation happen inside her as she goes from thinking like, Hmm, like, 
I just have this, this kind of like restless thought inside of me and I don't know what to do with it. And by the end, she's like, you know what? I'm going for it. And like, everyone's going to see exactly how far I'll go. Uh, and I really appreciate that kind of like emotional shift that happens, um, within the song. I think the highs are very high in Moana. Um, of course, the highs are high in Encanto as well. Like, I really, 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 truly love the song Dos Urguitas. Um, But uh, I love uh, How Far I'll Go, of course. I love We Know the Way. Um, both versions, as you said, Shiny, uh, another great one. Um, and even like the mess songs for me in Moana, like uh, Where You Are, sung by Christopher Jackson, or uh, You're Welcome, which like... I thought it was really fun at first, but like, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like lost its luster for me. Even then, like, it's still a pretty, pretty fun song. I think Kyle, you're forgetting when this movie came out and we went to Breckenridge, Colorado and yeah, we, were absolutely, we, we were absolutely bumping the Moana playlist in the hot tub and, yeah. and we were getting, uh, I didn't forget. The, we I started getting, out my entire discussion with how much I loved this Moana playlist. We were getting college kids and children like flocking to our <laughs> yeah. hot tub so that they could listen to Moana with us. It was like, you know, it's just, it's just a great time. Yeah. Um, I, I, like one other thing that I, that I really like about the Moana playlist is just that it, it's it spans the length of the whole movie, and and that's something that a problem that a lot of these movie these movie playlists have is that like they're very front loaded, and um and can and cantos yeah like it's it's spread throughout also sort of but there's just there's just more there's just more in Moana um really appreciate it um so I'm I'm going with the nine I got the upset this one's going to stop. This is hard, I think. With any song and playlist, like the more you listen to it, the more you like it and enjoy it. So I think that's hard with Encanto because it just, I feel like it just came out. And um, even listening, re-listening to some of these, like, yeah, servers, I skipped a couple. I was like, eh, I don't know. I keep <laughs> listening to this. And like, um, but same thing with Moana too. Like they, it definitely has some skips. Um, well, this is really hard. I think... Moana feels more like a musical to me and and Encanto feels more like just a movie where they're singing in it. Um, like it's almost like the difference between like Frozen and like toy, a Toy Story or something where it's like songs happen in it um, and someone might be singing, but Moana's like the whole thing is a musical. I feel like I'm going to give this to Encanto just because I feel like the songs are more listenable multiple hmm. times um then moana where you have to skip i feel like there's some of them that just you can't listen to the whole thing through there's just it's just too musical for me so encanto moves on well that is an interesting insight that i'm sure will come into play again <laughs> later on sure. uh so number eight encanto advances all right now we've got a great matchup here we've got the number four hercules versus number 13 princess in the frog uh so i don't even know where to start let's start i guess with the, the higher seed we'll start with hercules 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 we'll start with hercules, <laughs> hercules. um hercules is uh, an alan menken and dave zippel 
joint. Yeah. Um, I, I I didn't really remember who Dave Zippel was or, or what he did. Um, his claim to fame is uh, a Broadway show called City of Angels, which was a Tony Award winner for best musical, best score, best book, best actor, best featured actors, best set design. Um, it was like a hit in 1989. Um, and he went on to do Hercules in 1997. And wrote the songs, wrote the lyrics for um, Alan Menken's songs. Super fun fact about Dave Zippel. Uh, Zippel, in 2011, wrote the lyrics to the song The Star-Spangled Man from Captain America, The First Avenger. Oh, really? Alan wow. Menken also composed the music for that song. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I had no idea. Very fun fact there. Yeah, that's uh, cool. There's your Dave Zippel trivia for the day. <laughs> um. I lo- like we put all of these songs on a playlist. We we made a playlist of the playlists yep. and Hercules comes after Beauty and the Beast and it was really the transition was just really funny. I listened to him in order. It was like the, the last song on the Beauty and the Beast playlist is Beauty and the Beast and then it starts with the gospel truth. So it's like <laughs> do, 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 do. you go girl. <laughs> <laughs> So good. Um, honestly, Hercules feels underrated at four for me. Not gonna lie. Uh, I really think this is a strong, strong uh, sampling of songs. It's one that has uh, some like cohesiveness to it, but each one also feels very different as well. I'm someone who really likes a, a stylized thing in an unexpected place, yep. hence why the three of us crowned Teen Beach Movie as the champion of the best decom bracket. Yep. Um, and, and you go through this playlist of Hercules songs and you get the gospel truth and you get zero to hero, these songs sung by the fates. And it's this, this a very upbeat gospel music that sort of makes sense with like the mythology theme. Um, but, but it's kind of taking it in a slightly different direction. Then you've got songs like go the distance, which is, which is, is this very like stirring straightforward, like motivational anthem. You get Danny DeVito with a little, with a little, uh, <laughs> my last hope. Um, it's like a little cabaret type song and oh my, every time it's just so funny. Um, I'm, a, I'm I've, I've, I've talked about my always sunny fandom so many times on this podcast, but, uh, Danny DeVito in the Nightman cometh on always sunny, um, as Antonio, the troll, um, gotta pay the troll toll. If you want to get into this boy's soul, um, like, <laughs> You know, and he does a little troll toll. What'd you say? It's like the same thing. It's like a little cabaret number for Danny DeVito. Like he's found his musical niche and, yeah. um, and I just absolutely love it. It's a, it's a fun listen for someone who like you said, Stephanie Beatrice is like your average person singing. Like, no, she's not like, she is a professional singer and she's much better than the average person. But Danny DeVito is the average person. Um, and he still does absolutely crushes this song. Um, you also get, um, uh, won't say I'm in love, which is like a little, it's like a little Motowny, like a little doo-woppy. Um, and that, that's another, like just a really great song, great love song. I think it made it pretty far in that bracket. 
Something that's really interesting about the Hercules playlist is that there's no villain song. There's no Hades song. And and so many of these playlists have a little a little villain injected into it. And like for someone who's so like flamboyant and emotional, like you might expect there to be a Hades song and, and there isn't. I almost prefer it that way because I feel like Hades is slightly an overrated Disney villain. Um so I'm okay that it's off, but I, I you know, some people might might think that that's kind of a a knock on the Hercules playlist. Princess and the Frog. Uh, we got Randy. We got a boy, Randy Newman. Randy and, Newman. And this and this was such an important Disney movie uh, when it came out. I mean, the, Disney had come out with a bunch of not good animated movies, like in succession. It had been a long time since they they released uh, a hit movie. I think like Tarzan was was the last one, or maybe it was Mulan. I can't remember which one came first. But um, then they released a string of like not so well received movies, and then Princess and the Frog came in as kind of like a, a return yeah. to the Disney Renaissance. Um, mm-hmm. You had the classic animation you had a princess and you had a music from the incomparable Randy Newman and like the music is really good in this movie we talk about it a lot we're like this is the best part about this movie um I I was thinking about it a little bit more though it feels like a really safe choice but like they did that on purpose you know like they needed something that they knew was going to be an absolute slam dunk there's no way this can fail that's kind of what they did with star wars the force awakens after a lot of people felt that they botched this prequels like whatever you can have that debate with with people but um princess and the frog it just felt like a a formula for success um and it and it was successful to an extent i don't think it took the world by storm um but it, it was it was a very competent movie and a very competent score uh you have the new orleans jazz inspiration here and it's just so good so i mean good. every everything new orleans is great the architecture the music the food the alcohol new orleans <laughs> just it just don't miss the, the, you know maybe it's it's football and basketball teams but like but the, but you know that's <laughs> It's interesting that like even though jazz is kind of like the the through line musically in this movie, you also get some other like regional influences. Oh, totally. You get some you get a little bluegrass with rays that gonna take you there. Mm-hmm. Going down the bayou. You also get some some gospel from Dig a Little Deeper, and it's like a different gospel than the fates do in Hercules. It, it like the fates in Hercules, the gospel, it's like an angelic uh choir, and like in Princess in the Frog, it's like your Sunday morning choir. Like yes. you're you're clapping along in like a tiny white church yep. um, in Louisiana. And, and it's very like, uh, it has like a warmth to it um, because of it. And so I really appreciate the way that this movie hits on those different elements of the regional influence of uh, Louisiana, New Orleans, the Bayou. Uh, it, it's a place that is a real like cultural melting pot, like a lots of different cultures kind of like float down the Mississippi river and end up in, in the new Orleans area. And so, uh, kind of, if, if you just look at the music, like, I think it's really, really incredible. This is such a hard matchup for me because I love both of them. Um, I think I'm going to give it to 
shoot i like i i originally like going into this bracket i was like i'm gonna have to give it to hercules like like the whole thing because i love it so much but i'm gonna send hercules home in the first round because i revisited princess and the frog after the fact and i was like this is actually really good too and (laughs) the thing i guess the thing the reason i'll send hercules home is that it seems like this playlist stops very abruptly the last song is i won't say i'm in love and there's like so much movie left after that whereas um it feels like princess and the frog you get a little bit more representation um of the different plot points throughout the movie throughout the playlist uh you get mabel evangeline and um dr facilier's friends in on the other side and so i think princess and the frog is very complete so i got i got a big upset here kyle that's a big upset i so for clarification in hercules it's the muses not the fates the fates are the ones that predict the that Hades would rule if yeah. Thank you. But um I love the muses. I love Zero to Hero, the gospel truth, and all of the different variations of the gospel truth that kind of enhance the moment of the story that they're telling, whether it's a little bit more somber or it's celebratory. I love that there's three versions of it for that film. Go to the distance, uh interesting song because it has that massive break in the middle of it that they didn't cut out for this album like you have to sit there and listen to the the score as hercules is talking to statue zeus and then finally you get the reprise one last hope skip i know that you love that cabaret song but it's it's an instant skip for me come on Uh, and then you're right it does kind of end abruptly with i won't say i'm in love because the rest of the film is just go the distance in like its score form as the theme in the background for the rest of the film because it kind of gets real serious after that (laughs) There's there's not a whole lot to sing about because Meg almost dies, Herc almost dies, and up they go into to Mount Olympus. But I'm I'm here to agree with you, Chris, to send oh, Princess and the Frog on because not only is Down in New Orleans one of just the greatest songs, also sung by legendary jazz performer Dr. John R.I.P. There's three versions of it, and each version gets better than the last. You get the the really nice Anikanani Rose intro where she's just kind of singing a cappella. It sounds like a the intro to it. It sounds very similar to When You Wish Upon a Star because that's what she's kind of singing about. Then you get the jazzy brass band down in New Orleans performed by Dr. John. And at the very end, you get the celebratory Tiana has opened her restaurant down in New Orleans, big Louis on the trumpet playing with the what firefly firefly five plus louis or whatever so it's just it all three versions are fantastic the villain song friends on the other side we went very much in depth in the villains song bracket but that's a phenomenal song when we're human i don't really care about it when i see it but it's one of those songs that gets stuck in my head forever like, I enjoy that it's stuck in my head because it d- is very playful, is very fun. It does have that through line of the jazz inspiration. And dig a little deeper, set aside from the film and like set aside from the messaging of it, which I don't necessarily agree with. Banger, dude. You want to stand up and start stomping your feet and clapping. It's just very good. There's really not a skip. Uh, maybe going to take you there. But when you started saying going down the bayou, I was like, no, well, I, I find myself singing along to that one as well. <laughs> so I think that this is just a phenomenal playlist. Uh, it's a, it's one that slept on. And I think that's why it's so low. I'm agreeing with you with the upset. Stab, 
I know that you uh you got a soft spot for New Orleans, so I can't imagine that you're too upset with this one. No, I agree. I I had this upset from the beginning. Um, I Zero to Hero is a great great song. The muses are great. I don't think they can hold up the rest of the play like the rest of the playlist compared to um, Princess and the Frog. Like it is just so that all that music is so good. I have down in new orleans stuck in my head like constantly just yeah. little parts of it um when we went down there i know like we all used it as our instagram captions like it's just it's so good it's so perfect so yeah i i agree with you on that trip that you and i went on to new orleans we got off the plane went to the hotel and then we went around the corner to grab some food and the first thing you hear when you got into that restaurant I never forget it was down in new orleans playing what? on the speaker yes I was like, wow, I'm glad that they've embraced it because it would really suck if they're like, oh, <laughs> here comes Disney, Disneyfying New Orleans, you know, but they, uh, they embraced That's awesome. it. Yeah, it was That's really awesome. cool. All right. Princess and the Frog moves on. Who will that movie face off? It's against either number five, Frozen or number 12, Hunchback of Notre Dame. I'm really loving how much we're talking about Hunchback in recent months. It's a, been a thread on this podcast and, you know, it's. It sneaks its way in there every single time. You kind of forget about the music in this outside of out there, especially recently, because TikTok has grabbed a hold of out there and that has become a trend and it's shown back up into popular culture. But then, of course, Hellfire, right? We talked a lot about the psychoness that is Hellfire, which is a great villain song, but it's also very spiritual in a way. And because he is in a church and he's talking to these deities about what he should do and then eventually decides that he's going to kill Esmeralda and everyone that she's associated with. Really, real nice for, for this Disney film. But then you get like the jester who has the Bells of Notre Dame, which mm-hmm. I really enjoy as a first song. Like Disney is known for their first song intros. You think of something like Bell, uh, where we're setting the scene. The Bells of Notre Dame, same thing. It's literally telling the story. You do have that long period in the middle, though, where uh, the what's his face? Um, Frollo kills Quasi's mom. And you have to like listen through the score portion mm-hmm. of that because it stops for that. Um, but the Bells of Notre Dame is great. And it transitions into that Hellfire theme. That's very epic. I really like that. Topsy Turvy is just a goofy song. Goofy, goofy song. And that has... That brings back a lot of memories for whatever reason, because one of the first McDonald's toys that I can remember getting was Hunchback themed. And it was yeah, yeah, when yeah. they were it was like the <laughs> it was like the the flubber one that you got me for my for uh, Disney <laughs> roulette where flubbers on a VHS disc. It was like similar to that where it was like a VHX VHS box, but uh, either Quasi or even the Jester were on it. I don't really remember which one, but I remember being really into this movie as a kid, which is concerning. That's a that's a dark film to be into. Obviously, didn't understand anything that happens after uh, Topsy Turvy, but uh, and then listening to this through again, I forgot about songs like A Guy Like You and The Court of Miracles, like completely. I couldn't even tell you when the Court of Miracles happens in the film because I just didn't even remember that it existed. And then a guy like you is the the goofy um, uh, gargoyle song. Yeah. So that's that's if, if it's a, a goofy gargoyle song, chances are <laughs> Kyle's going to go ahead and skip it. 
if it's sung by a child or it's something goofy <laughs> by Danny DeVito or Gargoyle, Kyle's probably going to skip it. Well, it's funny because it's Jason Alexander. So it's George yeah. Costanza, which is, yep. which is basically a taller Danny DeVito. Exactly. Exactly. So there's a lot of like spiritualness, uh, spiritually, spiritual sounding uh, themes throughout all yes. of this, except for maybe Topsy Turvy. Yes. Uh, but it does feel very, I mean, it, that makes sense because most of this film takes place in or around a church or a cathedral. It's up against Frozen. And we've talked about Frozen a ton recently. Uh, I don't think I need to really talk too much about it. I'm glad that Frozen Heart has made an appearance on the bracket for you, Chris. <laughs> uh, the, the kind of chanting song it's, at the beginning of Frozen. Yeah, it sure. is a good one. It's very enchanting. And then there's really not a ton of skips here except guess which one. Do you want to build a snowman? Let's go ahead and skip past that that what? song altogether. Don't get out of here. I don't here. need it as I'm listening to this. I love Love is an Open Door. First Time in Forever is a great song as well. Can go ahead and skip in summer. Uh, reindeers are better than people. Short enough that you don't really need to hit skip. By the time you want to hit skip, it's already over. And then, of course, oddly enough, the playlist ends with Fixer Upper, which is a similar problem for me as what Hercules had, where it's like all of a sudden... It just ends. You're like, oh, there's no, we're not going to do anything else that we're just going to end that fixer upper. As far as the playlist goes, that's not great. Uh, but what Frozen has above Hunchback of Notre Dame, in my opinion, are many, many more listenable songs that really, that you really enjoy listening to. It takes a while to get into the the meat of Hellfire. You have to get through Quasi's sad boy song and then you get to hellfire topsy turvy is very fun out there is very much a big ballad but even that has slow to get off the ground frozen just really hops right into it and that makes sense and that's why it was the powerhouse of a soundtrack of a playlist that it was when it first came out so i think that the higher seed frozen needs to go here move on so um hunchback uh, i did the q a with with menken i did not mm-hmm. q but i listened to his a's uh <laughs> and and someone asked him like what's your favorite thing you've done and and he said my my favorite thing i do- i've done is newsies because it was so hated at first and now i have a tony for it but but the, but the one i'm most proud of is hunchback because i thought it was my best work and right. i was really proud of it and like going back and, and like listening to these songs really focusing on them you can you can see that you know like you said it has a lot of these churchy themes to it and that's present in the lyrics and in the subject matter of the song but it's also present in the instrument selection you know exactly. you, you get things like like choir and and chanting in hellfire and you get like organs and church bells and um i i love that stuff that is in the background that if you're not paying attention, you might not notice, but like your brain and your body are noticing. Yeah. Um, you get uh, things during topsy turvy, like accordions and mandolins. And I swear to God, there's a hurdy gurdy and in, in topsy turvy <laughs> somewhere, but like, you know, you get, you get these grand songs performed by uh, judge Claude Frollo or about the church. And then you get these kind of like people's songs um, and the instrument selection matches that because those were instruments that were in the hands of the people at that time. Uh, I, 
I love anything where, where religion's involved. Like I love the themes of religion and exploring themes of religion. And, and that is something I just absolutely love about Hunchback. Like that period of time was so important for religion where you, you had the Catholic church becoming increasingly problematic according to the people. And, and they just like, weren't going to take it anymore. And, and hence the movie, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, but it's explored musically as well. And, and I, like, I really appreciate that. God help the outcast is, is like one of the best Disney songs. I don't know that I sit down and I listen to it all the time, but like, it's so incredibly powerful. As Merelda says, I know I'm not supposed to talk to you when she's praying. And like, uh-huh. that is just like a little insight into the history, the, the very real history that this movie is working with. I think that, that kind of like brings out the nerd in me a little bit. And speaking of nerds, I'm going to, I'm going to do a little um, stat correction for you as well, Kyle. Thanks. Uh, Clopan is not a jester. He is a gypsy puppeteer. Uh, I know you might think that he's wearing a jester hat, but he's wearing just like a little feathered cap. Um, he, like, I love the little masquerade mask and the fact that he's like a um, direct address to the audience is a callback to theater that used to be performed during this time uh, where that was like a super common thing. And, and they built shows based on, around stock characters that it was like, it was like the original Avengers where like you'd be watching a show and like all of a sudden, like Il Datore would come out and it's like, Oh, I, I know that dude. Like I know exactly what he's going to do. It's the same character, yeah. different play. And so him being this like silly narrator that never really injects himself into the plot, but he randomly sings all these songs. It can feel annoying, but also it feels like really appropriate too. Yeah. Um, and it's really fun. It's just a really fun playlist. And, and it's one that you have to be patient with, you know, like oh, totally. it's not, it's not a bunch of radio bops like frozen, like you said, where it gets into it and it's clean and it gets out. You really have to listen to it to like appreciate that all that it has to offer. I agree that a guy like you is a definite skip for me. <laughs> it felt like a, it felt like an ask from the studio. They were like, right. Minky baby. Like you need to give us something please that we can plot, try and play on the radio. And He's like, all right, we'll give it to Gargoyle songs where he sings about cutting cheese or whatever yeah, it is. Um, because as you were like talking about how it it's Mencken's like favorite, you can, and you were like, yeah, you can tell. And it's because everything feels so intentional up until that song. Right. And so every every note, every instrument, every lyric, as you've brought up in your discussion, feels intentional. But the Gargoyle song does not. Gargoyle song sounds exactly what you said, is that like they needed something to cut away from all of the the serious and the strife and the the hardships and give somebody something to laugh about, at least in the film. Uh, and so it it definitely sits outside of the rest of the playlist. Frozen, the soundtrack and the playlist is an all timer. I mean, it's yeah. uh, it was just played everywhere all the time, and it it got its own bracket, and for good reason. It does. Uh, it's the best of both worlds. It's got the um, radio friendliness along with the thematic and character stuff that I absolutely love. That being said, in preparing for this bracket, which playlist did I enjoy listening to more? It was the Hunchback of Notre Dame. So I'm advancing the 12 seed over the five with a frozen upset for the first time in my Mouse Madness career. This one's going to stop for the tiebreak. Wow. Um, so what you just said, like you listened to Hunchback more. I had the opposite reaction when I was listening to these. I was actually, and I really don't enjoy Frozen that much. 
um, overall, but I found myself drawn more to like love is an open door was just is like very catchy and it's re- very fun. Whereas I feel like the hunchback songs are kind of like work. Some of them to like, which it's, it, you know, it is what it is. Um, and that's what they, you know, they're very good. And the, it's just a very intense movie. I feel like it's very <laughs> interesting that it's a child's movie. Cause I feel like it's just very intense. Um, and like Kyle used to, I don't remember like as a kid, we could not have understood what was happening. Like, no way. Very, very interesting. There's no way. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to go Frozen. Yeah. And Chris, it's interesting because that you did focus on and find yourself listening to The Hunchback more. But I feel like that's because you know what the Frozen playlist is. So yeah, that's true. you'd, of course, focus more on the on the Hunchback. But needless to say, we're moving on. All right, let's hop over to the other side of the bracket. We've got we've got the Battle of the Sherman Bros. Here it is. Number two, Mary Poppins versus number 15, The Jungle Book. I like the Jungle Book music. I like it. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. There's some really there's some good songs in the Jungle Book song yeah. list. You got Wanna Be Like You. Uh-huh. You got uh uh Bare Necessities. Yeah. You got the Colonel Haithi's March, however you say it. <laughs> Uh, you got um, the trust in me and you've got that's what friends are for like there's some good songs in here it's just it feels like it's it's like pre it's like Mary it's like um, as Mary Poppins appetizer <laughs> when, when you listen to these next to each other though you know and like there is so much emotion behind the Mary Poppins uh, soundtrack and playlist um and ultimately the jungle book songs are a lot like the movie where it's just like you're bouncing from one thing to another and some of it matters and some of it doesn't and some of it makes sense and some of it doesn't and some of it's good and some of it's not um the good songs are good and they're well written and they're fun and i think they absolutely like deserve to be on a greatest hits list of disney songs but against mary poppins it's not gonna win i'm going with the two seed yeah there's no way it's definitely mary poppins you're right. Jungle Book as a whole just feels like a series of scenes that ends with Mowgli leaving. <laughs> and that's basically it. Bare Necessities and I Want to Be Like You. Obvious jams. Uh, but it's definitely going to be Mary Poppins here. Uh, any surprise there, Elizabeth? No, I think when re-listening to Jungle Book, I was surprised that the songs were not as upbeat as I remembered. I felt like hmm. they were in my head. They were like more poppy and like kind of more dancey. Um, so I was a little disappointed re-listening to those. But you can't and you can't stop Julie Andrews. So you you might be remembering the Disney Mania remixes of some of these Jungle Book songs because there's several for each of these. Yeah, jungle I think Book you songs. were you're referring to uh, the Joe Bros doing "I Want to Be Like You." <laughs> <laughs> which is why you think it's more poppy. Yeah, no, Possibly. especially the bare necessities. That has a slow roll to get into yeah. it. It's real sleepy. Um, yeah, can't can't beat Julie Andrews though. All right, let's move on to the next one, which is the number seven Coco versus the number ten Aladdin. Aladdin with like one of those Disney anthems in uh, a whole new world. I think as far as like what Disney has really leaned on, you get kind of like a. When you wish upon a star, you get a whole new world. Whole new world has carried Disney marketing on its back for a very, very long time. 
and they haven't let it go so much so that they remade it and then let Zane and and other person sing it again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that movie is just so forgettable. That live action one. Stop texted me uh, as she was preparing for this bracket and realized that she had been listening to the live action version of. <laughs> Oh, this playlist. No. <laughs> yeah. I was very upset with myself. <laughs> I was listening. I'm like this. It was um uh, what song? Friend like it? me. Uh no, one jump ahead. Which oh is yeah, a yeah. Great, one of my favorite songs, favorite Disney songs ever. I was listening to. I was like, this kind of sucks. Like, what <laughs> is happening? And then I looked. And I was like, who is this guy? And I was like, oh, I'm listening to the live action version and one jump ahead is in li- is not as good in the live action version. No. no it's and uh this kind of sucks what is happening is uh, encompasses that entire live action film. <laughs> You're just kind of yeah, like this yeah. kind of isn't as good as maybe it should be. Um I do like Prince Ali in the live live action version though a lot. But Aladdin uh everyone knows on the show, everyone that listens knows that Chris and I are not big Aladdin fans, but you do get some very great performances such as in a whole new world, such as Robin Williams and friend like me. You can't deny that that is just a really fun and catchy and really gives us the personality of the genie to, to follow. Like he's going to forever be who he was in that song uh, until he gets serious, right? Until some of the moments where he's like, all right, Al, stop, stop lying to her. Come on, come on. But the entire rest of the time he's sitting in, he's fitting in jokes and references and it all begins with this. Thankfully, you don't have to watch and listen at the same time, but the references that happen in this song are so dated. But luckily the song can stand the test of time because it just sounds like he's just doing different voices and different accents and stuff like that. Ton of fun. Interesting that you said One Jump Ahead is one of your favorite Disney songs. It it feels very not memorable to me. Really? Uh, maybe that's just because I don't really enjoy the film a ton. And so I gravitate towards some of the more popular songs on it. Uh, but One Jump Ahead, yeah, not, not too familiar. And Arabian Nights is interesting because how much longer are we going to allow it? Yeah. You know, true. like it, it, it's not quite stereotyping but it is kind of stereotyping it's like talking about a fake place in a real place and using stereotypical cues to talk about it and even they had to like tone it down i can't remember what we what i was watching or reading maybe but there were some lines in the original arabian nights uh lyrics that talked about like the people cutting off your ear if you did xyz and they're like whoa we can't put that in this in this yeah. song yeah. you know yeah. uh, so it was always towing the line and i think that it's it's going to start crossing it pretty soon uh, so i'm not too too hot on arabian nights so for me it's really just friend like me in a whole new world and coco i really enjoy remember me all of its versions uh from from you know, the the Hector's version to Ernesto de la Cruz's version, even Miguel's version. Like, I think that those are it's kind of like the gospel truth where it fits the mood for each part of that film. And it does it in a very good way, in my opinion. Um, I love that this playlist 
uh, it's not included in what we listen to, but on the like album soundtrack, there's the purely Spanish version of all of these songs. And I've loved those almost even more than this kind of like English Spanish mix. It feels like they can really lean into it when it's just Spanish and they really did. So I really liked that. Um, La, La Llorona. What a slap, dude. That talk about a Bay Bridge test song. I love what? that song. Uh, what? What? What do you mean? What? What? <laughs> the pop anthem? You don't what? like it? Oh my god! Can't stand it. I mean, I'm talking to the guy that just doesn't like this film. So of course you don't like that song. I love that song. I think it's great. And then Proud Cortezone is is too short. It's yeah. too short. I want that yeah. song to last forever. It is so good. Uh, there's just way way more songs on here that I actually enjoy and listen to. I get how iconic Aladdin is, but Coco soundtrack for me is, is a listen through. I don't really even need to skip any of them. So I'm going to move Coco on. Yeah. Coco. Um, I mean, I don't like the movie, but I've said before, I love the music. Um, remember me was the winner of our best Disney song bracket bracket of 32. And remember me was the champion love proud Corazon. As you said, uh, love world as me familia. Um, I can't even get behind some un poco loco yeah. uh, if we're if if I'm feeling crazy. Um, so I definitely respect the uh, uh, the music in, in in that film, and and I love the you know like I said, I love stuff that's really stylized. You know, so like it feels very unique and distinct in the library of Disney music. So I think it's definitely like a strong playlist, very strong, one of the strongest. Uh, Aladdin. Yeah. We don't, we don't love Aladdin on this, this, this bracket. Um, or I'm sorry, we don't love Aladdin on this podcast. And I, and I wanted to go through and listen to this Aladdin music and be like, Oh yeah. Okay. Here we go again. And, and I just found myself really enjoying it. And yeah, Arabian nights is definitely a skip for me, but, uh, one jump ahead. Stop. I'm, I'm with you. This song is really, really good. Um, and, and I, didn't really realize until I was thinking about it, like how much I like this song and how many of the lyrics of this song I actually know. Um, it's, it's a super fun song to like sing along with. And, and I would attribute that to Tim Rice. Uh, so the music in this film was uh, arranged, composed by Alan Menken, and then was uh, the lyrics were written by Howard Ashman, who passed away during the writing process and then picked up by Tim Rice. So Tim Rice did one jump ahead and a whole new world. And so uh, one jump ahead has that Tim Rice kind of effect to it where he has the ability to take like a bunch of words, like, like an essay, the amount of words that you couldn't possibly fit into a song and make it sound good. And he just somehow manages to do it. Uh, my favorite musical of all time is Jesus Christ Superstar. It is so much fun and it's all Tim Rice. It is just like words after words, after words, after words. There's just so many. And, uh, <laughs> You know, we talk about how I love the Haunted Mansion. It's because of that, you know, ghost host soundtrack. And I love, and I love, uh, I'm sorry. It's because of that ghost host narration. And I love saying the words along with it. And like, that's the Tim Rice effect here. You know, like it's just, it's just choosing the exact right words uh, for the exact right amount of syllables. Um, and, and Tim Rice just nails it. Um, the, the, the Robin Williams performances are just, are just incomparable. You know, this is, this is some of Howard Ashman's final pieces of work and, and they're immortalized. I mean, they're, they're so good that they're not available for streaming on, <laughs> on, on pretty much anything. 
everything. You got to head to Disney plus to even listen to this music. Um, and it's just, it's just awesome. Uh, man, I think whole new world is good, but a bit overrated, but still pretty good. Um, yeah, Arabian Nights is not very good. I, I like Coco a lot. I think I'm going to go with Aladdin though. I'm going to surprise myself. I'm going to say Aladdin and I'm going to give Staub the tie break here. And I swear it's not because I know you said you like Aladdin and I'm trying to get Coco out of this bracket. Like I legitimately enjoy listening to this Aladdin playlist. I swear. Oh, this is so, this is our, I feel like this is, um, nostalgia bias for me, which is something that Sox hates, but I that's what I love about Aladdin. It's just this nostalgia for me for Aladdin. Um, I'm just like transported back to listening to it when I was a little kid. And like, I know every single word to one jump ahead. Like I can do all the parts like, you know, when it's like in Beauty and the Beast when the townspeople start jumping in, like I can do all of it. Um, so I think that might be like skewing me a little bit here. I feel like Coco for a song or for a movie that was like about a like a singer or songwriter, like most of the songs are very like one note to me. Like they're all very hmm. similar. Like, you know, like I think that's it. true for uh world S me familia and proud Corazon have a very similar sound to it. Yeah. And it's like, it's just all kind of, I don't know. It just like, it's very similar. I, but remember me is great and I love all the different versions of it, but I feel like that's, there's just a lot of different versions of remember me. Um, <laughs> So I think for this, this, for what songs we've pulled for this, I think I'm going to go with Aladdin. All right. Down goes Coco. Sorry, Kyle. That is okay. Uh, we're going to move on to the number three beauty and the beast versus number 14 Pinocchio. This is such a different matchup. Like you have the, maybe the Alan Menken thesis statement in, in beauty and the beast. I mean, this is like Menken, at his, it is most pure. It yep. is like solid throughout. Um, and it's, it's not really stylized in any way. It's just like that nice, like classical orchestra on all of the tracks. Uh-huh. I'm at least like the bell related tracks. Uh, there are not a whole lot of songs here. There are less songs than I think I remember in beauty and the beast, but the good ones are definitely good. Uh, you've got bell, you've got something there. You've got be our guest. You've got Gaston. I think the only skip for me is the mob song, yeah. which is the one where they go kill the beast. Honestly, beauty and the beast is a skip for me too, but I acknowledge that a lot of people do like that song. Um, something that is, uh, interesting to me is, is how the bell related songs that bell, something there, be our guest, beauty and the beast. They all feel very like, I don't know how to say this, but they're like ball, they're like ballroom or like dancey songs, you know, like yeah. they, they really make you want to kind of like dance along with the music, um, in, in a, in like a nice, like peaceful sort of way not yeah. in like a freaky twerking next to donkey's way like a <laughs> you know like you want a sure. big piece of real estate to sway and and i appreciate that because that is an important part of like the the theme of the movie it's like a and and Mencken kind of kicked off the disney renaissance with the with the uh little mermaid and beauty and the beast though feels like the the arrival back home. It's like the homecoming of some great music. Uh, we've got the Disney princess vibe uh, with it, with a slightly modern twist to it. Um, it's, it's classical, but also feels new. Yeah. And, and like, 
it's just really solid. I don't know that it's it like blows my mind. Uh, it's just good, you know. Like it's solid throughout. Number three, yeah, I, I, I see. I see how it's number three. The highs are definitely high. Stab, you said that you know all of the townspeople lines in uh, One Jump Ahead. For me, it's the townspeople lines in Bell. Uh, <laughs> Marie, the baguettes. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up! That my family I say that to you all the time. Hurry up! <laughs> like, like, uh, just, uh, just fun, just a fun, just a fun opener. Um, fourteen, Pinocchio. I tell you what, the two greatest television commercials of all time are both Beats by Dre commercials. <laughs> and one God. of them is oh the God. Ellie Golding commercial. It's a Beats by Dre where they like had like headphones in different colors and they just took like the most famous people at the time and it was like Matt Kemp, Cam Newton, Lil Wayne and yeah. Ellie Golding and a couple other people I can't remember and it was just a super fun uh, song set to Anything Can Happen by Ellie Golding and the other best commercial of all time is the Beats by Dre wireless commercial yeah. which came out in like 2016 and it's set to I've got no, got no strings from <laughs> Pinocchio and that song, that commercial goes so hard yeah. and, and I, and <laughs> I went no back reason. and I, I went back and I watched it and the selection of people that they got for that is so funny because at least with that other commercial, it was like, Oh yeah, no Lil Wayne. Like, yeah, totally. Like he was huge. And on this one, it's like, Amber Rose and Steve Buscemi, like where, like <laughs> right. okay, uh, but it's still like that. That uh, that was such a great like marriage of things. It, that classic Pinocchio song with like Beats by Dre. It was totally. It works. It was worth the investment. <laughs> um, dude, I love I love the Pinocchio. Uh, song list. I love the Pinocchio score. It's like definitely one of my favorites. It's probably a top three Disney uh, score soundtrack for me. Wow. You got when you wish upon a star. It's got that. It's got that, uh, that clout. Pinocchio's got the clout. Mm -hmm. Of course you've got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Little wooden head. yeah. It goes hard. We need a little lo-fi trap remix of Little Wooden Head for yeah, sure. Yeah, thousand percent. Got no strings like I mentioned. Hi diddly D. Yeah. Gave a little whistle. Made its way onto our most underrated Disney songs bracket. Uh, I mean, an actor's life for me. Oh, I said that already. Sorry. Too much Kachina throwback. Um <laughs> Like the other thing too is like not the lyrics, but the music, it's like masterpiece type composition. I mean, mm. if you told me that like uh, the music from Pinocchio is from like a, like a um, symphony from the 1700s and they just ripped it off like they did with Sleeping Beauty, like I would a hundred percent believe you. Yeah. And, I, and I would, I would point to, I've got no strings as a good example of that. Beauty and the Beast. I, I, this is another one where like I came into this being like, oh, it's it's clearly Beauty and the Beast. Like these songs are so good. But this is what makes this bracket so hard is that all sixteen of these playlists are are, are very good. Totally. So like, if I'm really thinking about it, like the one that makes me think Disney more, like me, yeah, I can see why someone would think like 
the Mencken princess is is more Disney, but for me, it's Pinocchio. It's that classic warmth to it. It's clean, but not so clean that it's like sterile. You know, it's still got that little that graininess to it um, and that old school charm to it that I just love. So I've got another upset here. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought up the Pinocchio score because I agree with you. I think that's one of the best scores in the Disney catalog for sure. It is... It's the right amount of quaint, but the perfect amount of masterful for me with Pinocchio. And then they're able to weave in these songs about a wooden puppet that has come to life. And it doesn't feel disjointed like, let's say, a uh, uh, When I'm Older from Frozen 2, where it just kind of like happens. Hmm. And you're like, yeah. oh, God. Oh, it's Olaf's here. Forgot about him. Like, no, this this all makes a ton of sense uh, as a playlist, not only for the film, but even as you kind of go along, like it is a very optimistic, it's a very naive playlist. And that's really the theme of Pinocchio is that his naivete gets him in trouble throughout the entire film. And you're going scene by scene in which he's making the wrong decision, uh, even though he was told how to choose the right one. And so these songs really match up with that. And it, and it has that, like I just said, that, that, feeling that childlike wonder and, and and lightness to it that really matches and makes you feel like you're in you know Pinocchio's shoes almost Beauty and the Beast is a pretty timeless uh, uh soundtrack this is something that I feel like we can look back on and listen to uh even 50 years from now and it's not going to feel necessarily dated it's going to feel like yeah this was a a musical uh playlist musical score musical soundtrack because it was kind of the culmination of everything that Mencken had done up until then. He he discovered this formula where he's like, we need the intro princess song. We need the intro villain song. We need the big ensemble number. We need the falling in love I want song. We need the turning point song. And then we need the big part of your world reprise, which is the beauty and the beast, which is just the thief statement quite literally said to us. Right. Beauty and the Beast is just Mrs. Potts literally telling us what we just spent the last hour and 10 <laughs> minutes watching. That's all Beauty and the Beast is set to a very, very beautiful score. It's a gorgeous song, but it's that's what it is. She's like, oh, look at these two. These two. They never thought they'd find this. But look, here we are. Then they're falling in love. Oh, look, they're in love. It's this is this is amazing. You've been watching it for the past hour and 10 minutes. Uh, but it, it's still, I think, a gorgeous song. I'm still on the like, I'm probably going to skip Gaston, to be honest. I don't know what it is about that song. And maybe it's that. I can't get through LeFou's voice <laughs> in it. Uh, it just kind of takes me out maybe, especially when you come off of something like Belle, which is this, this very enchanting song. And then you get this really harsh, which makes sense. It's supposed to be harsh as Gaston is and his entire personality is. But uh, yeah, I guess controversial take. I skip Gaston when I I'm mean, listening for, to the... I mean, uh, I find it controversial. <laughs> I never skip it. It's probably, it's probably on my Apple Music top 25 every year. I, I mean, I listen to Gaston almost daily. That 
uh, Gaston is definitely in my top 25, but it's the live action version. I love I, that. I was going to say, I think the live action version in this case is much, is the, much better. I love that one. Yeah. Um, okay. But it's, it's interesting, Chris, because literally I have write, written in my notes, uh, stand up for Pinocchio because I was going to move Pinocchio on against Ooh. you because I Ooh. had a feeling that you might be like, Ooh. you know, I, I, I'm i really big Mencken guy after listening to that that talk and you have all this background knowledge and you might bring some tidbits into the, the forefront that I may not have known and you would go with Beauty and the Beast and I would have to stick to my guns with Pinocchio. But Pinocchio just feels like a Disney playlist. Uh, with its whimsical songs, I think that that's all it is. So it gets through this time. It might not hold up, but I wanted this upset. I'm going to match you. 14 Pinocchio moving Man. on. Stop. What do you think? Whew, I did not see that one coming. I I think my, my my me personally, I side more with Beauty and the Beast on this one, but go with what the hosts say. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. All right. Let's move on to our final matchup of this round of 16 it's number six thing that really started it all for this disney song renaissance which is the little mermaid versus number 11 tarzan i love the cycle of like every five years people remembering that phil collins wrote the soundtrack to tarzan and it gets brought up on social in some sort of way like it's every every few years it's there's some sort of meme about how phil collins went in on the tarzan soundtrack and it's true it it's so different from a lot that came before it where you might have a Phil Collins song in the soundtrack, much like you might have, you know, a Christina Aguilera song in the Mulan soundtrack. But no, Philly C is just doing the whole thing. And I think he does it very well. It's very action-y, which I think they wanted to portray the jungle as being this kind of action adventure place. It gets really heartfelt when the moments that need it happen. Uh, you do get the goofy song with Trash in the Camp and you get Rosie O'Donnell going ahead and doing a little little scat for us, which is always interesting choice by Disney to do. Um, and you have what ends up being the two pop hits, uh, You'll Be In My Heart. And even two worlds, but the Phil Collins version snuck its way into the radio. Um, but You'll Be In My Heart was especially the the huge one. And that's where you see all of the Disney Mania remakes of it and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, besides maybe Trash in the Camp, upon listening to this playlist, no skips for me. It's just very a cohesive playlist. But the thing that really chips me up is that... Two Worlds, Son of Man, and Strangers Like Me all sound like the same song. Like, to me. It's hard to remember and differentiate, like, on the spot. If you're like, go ahead and and sing each one, I might bleed into the other. Uh, Because they kind of feel like they're, especially Two Worlds and Strangers Like Me, feel like the same message, um, which is what it is. (laughs) I mean, like, Strangers Like Me and, and Two Worlds, but... Uh, even Son of Man kind of hops in and starts bleeding into Strangers Like Me vibes a little bit. So I think that would be the only, you know, dang I would have on this. Little Mermaid. Uh, after saying that I don't enjoy a ton of like the goofy songs, Under the Sea is surprisingly not a skip for me when it comes on. I don't know if it's just because it 
that's that nostalgia for me. I remember really enjoying The Little Mermaid as a kid. Brought up that in recent years, it's not as great of a movie as I once thought it was. But Under the Sea, I really enjoy and I and I don't often skip. Daughters of Trian, man. I what a 40 second little snippet what there. The, what the, it just it just happens. What the heck? <laughs> um Le Poisson. That's the one that I skip. Which oh, is Oh yikes. What yikes as in me skipping it or yikes as in the song is not good. Yike, yikes is it it exists. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a great song. I you know, I John Stamos just absolutely scarred me when he did that. Disney almost sunk this entire album by doing that live. <laughs> live version that was awful <laughs> oh gosh well there's a mini episode somewhere in this feed about that live action go ahead and you can listen to it but yeah not good and uh kiss the girl as like kind of not great as it feels now it's a very catchy song of uh, it's one that i remember really latching on to as you know how it sounds almost very doo-wop-y very R&B like uh, I think that's what the vibe they're going for which is almost even more creepy given the circumstances that it's supposed to be this kind of you know sneaky smooth song which is never never what you want out of a, a out of a guy who's trying to win over a girl right part of your world is just an anthem that reprise man is just so good and it's not on this playlist but the the finale of the film where the the Disney chorus sings in as the boat sailing away and it's part of your world chills every single time. I love that finale version of the song, but there's, there's just too much to skip here. Chris Philly C came in fingers of flaming on those pianos, on those drums. And he made a playlist that I enjoy a lot more than The Little Mermaid. I'm going to go with Tarzan. The Little Mermaid feels super turnkey to me. You know, it's another one that just feels like a very sort of basic Disney soundtrack. Um, And it has uh, a great song in part of your world. But um, I just, I don't know that the music really moves me in any way it's another one of those besides that one song of course it's another one of those ones where it's like there's some fun things going on here but i don't know that they add a lot to the movie especially Um, la passant especially (laughs) la passant i mean even kiss the girl and like i'm with you on that one i used to really like that song but it seems like every time i listen to it i'm just like you know, this is really kind of a stupid song. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, also like I was thinking about this, it's super convenient that Ariel is just like a great singer. <laughs> and, and like that, that's just like the, the plot point in the movie is that she's like this bomb singer and then she gets her voice taken away. Yeah. Like, why did they not do something like in the end where it was like, oh, you know, you don't have your voice. You can't stand up for yourself. Oh, yeah. You know, now you learned your lesson. It's like, well, now you can't sing these anthems anymore. (laughs) Like that's like, that's what's at stake here. You know, it's, it's odd. It's quite odd. Um, I'm with you. I'm going with Tarzan here. I like the, I like the Phil Collins influence here. This is an interesting uh, combination that, that I would like to talk about next episode. Okay. Um, so, so we're moving on. We've got back-to-back upsets here. So stop. Do you agree with uh, the little mermaid going home? 
Yeah, definitely. Tarzan, Phil Collins just did not miss on writing any Tarzan songs. Yeah, he he came ready. As the kids say, he understood the assignment. <laughs> we have our elite eight of this best Disney play, movie playlist bracket. And it looks like this. The number one Lion King will face off first. The new kid on the block, number eight, Encanto. Down the brackets, number 13, Princess and the Frog versus number five, Frozen. Interesting matchup. Across the bracket, it's going to be the number eight, or sorry, the number two, Mary Poppins versus the number 10, Aladdin. And rounding out things is the number 14, Pinocchio versus the number 11, Tarzan. Stab, thank you so much for joining us here for part one of this bracket. We look forward to crowning a winner with you next time. Thanks. I'm very excited to see who wins this. All right, everyone, you know how to reach us. If you have something to say about our Disney playlist selections, you got uh, uh, an issue with some songs that, that didn't make the dance, email us, mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com, or hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. All of those are linked in the description of this podcast. Once again, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, head to patreon.com slash mousemadness and become a member of Jerry's Gang by subscribing to us at the $5 level. Until next time, folks, we will see you down the bayou. Yeah.